0: listening to the Lone Star Play Podcast with your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong.
1: We are now going to meet uh, this wonderful couple here and talk about their great band, Tulip. So welcome. Uh, we have Ashley and Colin, right?
2: Yeah. Yes. How's
0: it going, Patrick?
2: Thank you for Thank you. having us.
1: I like you guys have the little sound mixing board in the back, just to let everyone know. Yeah, right. this is. This yeah. is we're at
2: home it. right now. Yeah,
1: we need a little bit of
0: backlighting too. So computer monitors. Okay. It. Yeah. Smart. Look at this guy. He's in, <laughs> so he
1: knows. Far, yeah. He's in the industry. I love it. Yes, this is. <laughs> uh, look, we we um we found out about y'all's band Tulip um, through a Texas Monthly article, and I think a lot of people. We'll probably find out about you through that. But aside from just having fans that are already of y'all through the music, but just opened up doors, right? Um, any sort of publication, anything that gets out to get the name out, um, helps, right? In any way. Um, so yeah, sure. that, that's exciting. Um, what? How did that come about? That article in Texas Monthly.
2: Oh my gosh, it's like kind of a long story. But we, um, I grew up with the writer, but we didn't. We lost touch through the years. She's much younger oh, wow. than I am, but she's from Canada, and oh, wow. she heard about, like, these major life shifts that I had made in my life, and she reached out to us over Facebook, I think, and she just said, hey, I don't know if you remember me, but I want to write this piece, and she came, and she lived with us for ba- basically a week when we were about to do our, sh- our show at Trees last September, and then it's been a year in the making, basically, you know, going through everything and Yeah, she's become a very close friend now but we were yeah excited to do the article
0: this is rachel brown too just give her a little little plug. Um, of course yeah she i guess to just follow up on that she uh she had written the piece or drafted it and she kind of you know shopped it around a little bit as a a freelancer and text monthly uh one of the editors there uh, really liked it and and his name was josh and so josh also came and hung out with us for an afternoon and kind of talked through things so uh, yeah, it worked out well, and I think, you know, it's it's, we're, it's a very proud moment for us to be uh, in such a reputable publication.
2: So, and yeah. I think she's done such a beautiful job, and she's such a, an excellent writer, and yeah.
1: yeah. It was well written, absolutely. Yeah. I was um, riveted, if I can use that word, to be honest with you, that was riveted the whole oh, time I was reading yeah. it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I was like, okay, where is this going? What's going to happen next? What, yeah. you know? Yeah, it was great. Um, okay, wow, I didn't know she lived with y'all for a week. That's great. Now that y'all have reconnected. Wow, that's awesome. Wow, what a great, um, that's great. That's good. I'm glad to ask that. Um, look, I want to give a shout out to the, re- the other members of the band here. Um, well, first, let's have y'all introduce with your full name here, right? So everyone, and, and what you guys do in the band, what each of y'all. Okay. I don't want to say position, because that's how, sure? what is that? It's like, what a position.
2: Uh, <laughs> I am so. Ashley Semke, formerly Semke Parrish. And I sing in the band.
1: Right.
0: And I'm Colin Parrish, play guitar. And then our, our uh, other members are Ryan Claxton, who's our drummer. Uh, he actually still lives in Toronto. So mm-hmm. when we play shows, he's got to fly in. It's it's a lot of work, but it's worth it. Um, great drummer. And then uh, we also have uh, Cody Casillas on, on, well, that's a... He's he's bass slash other guitar, so we haven't decided <laughs> exactly where to slot him in. He's a man live, of many talents. But, uh, yeah, I say that because he tracked the bass on the on the latest record, but historically he's played guitar with us live. So it's, we're, we're trying to figure out what the best strategy is there. But um, yes, a man of, of many talents, uh, yeah. and he's he's local here in DFW as well.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, he's a flex player. Let's go. Every band needs one. Uh, no, that's awesome. I'm sure y'all. I know I I read you also play drums too right and you probably also yeah. play a little piano right like so it's like everyone does a little something right uh you you can tinker around if you need to. Um uh, no that's awesome. Um that that's great. And so you have a new album that's coming out right called um what what is it called? Perpetual Dream? Am I saying that right? Yeah. Let me make sure I get that. Yeah, so it's
0: I mean the 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 record itself is not is not quite ready yet um, I mean the songs are written but the way and we we could spend a you know a minute on this but just the way the the industry is structured now it's very difficult to um, self release a full full album without it sort of just getting buried in the you know if you're on Spotify or Apple Music or sure. other streaming platforms so strategically we we tend to release singles until we get to a point where we have kind of you know um, got enough mileage on the individual tracks that then we can go and release the, the full length so at this point there isn't a release date for uh the perpetual dream it'll probably be um spring of next year when the, yeah. the entire album drops but over the next couple months we're going to continue to re- release some of those singles um so the first one we released uh just last week is called the Hanged man um and then there's another one coming up which uh, i don't think we've announced yet but by the time this is um out probably you know the track will be out so that the next track is actually called Ghost of Kiev, which is sort of a nod to our respective ukrainian uh, heritage uh, but you know it's oh, wow. also just uh, you know a bit of a an, an allegory for our life as well so
1: yeah that's awesome wow that's yeah. so cool um so you're just perpetually releasing singles until yeah, that's the a, album that's one out. way to think yeah, yeah. i like i like that idea i don't why don't bands do that more like why do we even need albums anymore just singles i i mean I love albums. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I don't know why, you know, I've talked to so many musicians. It's just insane. Like this idea that everyone says this, like, I don't know why it's just like, well, just a single and, or a couple songs at a time. There is no album. It's just, uh, I got new music. It's coming out. It comes out. I don't know. Hip hop artists do that. It's a double
2: edged sword. Yeah. I think because you, we love to, I, albums, Like, we love, I love listening to vinyl or like just a record front to back. Of course. But today, it's just the way that we all are. We're moving so quickly. And
1: when's the last time you listened to a whole album?
2: For me, it's been a a long
1: time. Me too. That's, it's tough. You got playlists, you got, uh, you know, it's it's hard. It's, yeah, it's, it's, there's this whole thing about play. Yeah, it's, it's just, yeah. I, I look if someone were to do that, just constantly release singles. I don't think see that as such a bad idea to be. I mean, eventually you have a whole album out
2: right. uh, and more,
1: you know. Um, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I think I, the, the
0: way we we, we are going to do it, and we did this with the last EP, which was called The Witches. Yeah, you release the singles and then you package them together in an album. And then, you yeah, know, you don't want you know, the record, the, the artwork, the. know the the liner notes all that kind of stuff you can get that uh, yeah and and,
2: in metal people still it's maybe the one of the like laugh it's maybe other than jazz it's like one of the main genres that still wants a full-length album so
1: yeah okay i could see that yeah that's smart that's smart one you just got to know your audience which it sounds like y'all do right that's just start there so yeah great job kudos (laughs) to y'all Uh, First of all, yeah. Uh, Well, look, we look forward to that. I know you got a a tour coming up too, right? Um, Next year that was postponed because of the pandemic, like so many uh, numerous things. Um, So that's exciting, right? That that, that's gonna happen. First of all, that y'all were able to get that rescheduled. Uh, That's exciting. Yeah, Yeah, we hope so because uh, (laughs) it
0: was scheduled for 2020. It was bumped to 2021. It was bumped to 2022 and now it's been bumped to 2023. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. yeah one way or another we will be you know back out touring but um yeah it remains to be seen whether or not we'll actually end up in europe um with Taria, who's the, the artist that, that's headlining that tour but yeah yeah still still looking forward to, to getting out um the next couple of months and, and playing some live shows.
1: either way right yeah either way yeah absolutely look europe's not going anywhere right uh so <laughs> no, no problem i live i lived there a couple of years it's look it's great but it's great, but it's the same life here. There's, you know, it's just, you pay bills, you live life. I mean, it's just, you know, it yeah. is what it is. Yeah. Uh, okay, so look, this Texas Monthly story is, you know, and I do an intro at the beginning, so I will have explained uh, a lot, sort of the, the cliff notes, right, uh, quickly of, of sort of what went down. Um, but let's let's jump into this. Uh, this y'all's story is, is absolutely fascinating. And, and in some ways, I, I relate um, to some of the stuff. I myself was in a church I wasn't happy with it and I left. Um but not y'all's situation right y'all's is, is much more um uh way different from that. But I had that that same journey um as as far as that goes. Um so yeah, I kinda wanna explore that and, and I wanna have y'all just sort of take it however y'all want, maybe just starting with how y'all met. How how did that happen? Go ahead.
2: <laughs> I mean 11 years ago now maybe yeah
1: yeah 2010 i guess
2: we met i i was an opera singer for 10 years and i i I joined this church we we both well i'll speak for myself i was raised in a very conservative evangelical family and i started attending this church that had this reputation for being um apologetics based which um is just like a a defense of the faith. It's a bit more like educational each Sunday. It's less uh, touchy feely, and um, so I was excited to go there. I'd been a Christian for my whole life, and uh, I started going there, and I met Colin there, and he had been you actually had gone there before I had. But it was a very it was a fledgling community. It was only about fifty people to start, and I I liked it at first. I just oh, wow. I, I you know I was it was a lot of young people and it was in Toronto and they were doing. I I, I found it fascinating. Sure. So they quickly um, identified that I was a musician and they wanted me to be involved with the worship program. But because I was a woman, I couldn't actually be in charge of the whole thing even though I was in charge of the whole thing, I needed to be under the leadership of a man based on this sort of uh, the way that this kind of church was run. So sure. um, we, I started just playing the piano, singing from the piano, and then I met Colin, and that's how we met. And you had already been kind of doing <clears throat> all kinds of stuff. With the band.
1: You were already in the band, Colin? You were already playing in the band?
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much detail you want to cover, but, but in, in the evangelical community, um, and just in the church community in general, right? You have this concept of a church plant, right? Mm -hmm. So this was a church plant. In other words, you know, these uh, larger churches or sometimes um, in this case, I think it was, it was like a, like a, governing body of sorts for, for denomination. Yeah, I think it was also
2: associated with RZAM. Fed though, right? Yeah. So,
0: anyway, the point is just that, you know, Christians get together and they say, hey, we need to make, it, we need to put a church in this community. So they, you know, they, they donate, they find, you know, uh, resources, pastors, staff, whatever, and they, they set up a church. So when we came into that environment, um, and I was recommended that church from a, a kind of a mutual Christian friend, um, there weren't there weren't many people there and anybody who was there kind of immediately ended up in some sort of leadership role whether it was sure. i wasn't you know i wasn't a leader per se but i i had my um you know my strengths around the the music stuff and audio and that kind of stuff so i helped set some of that up so that's the natural kind of yeah. connection that Ashley and i had when we first met was you know she was um, a musician and, and her focus was mostly preparing the music and I was more on the technical side like I you know I had my drum kit there and I set up you know the, the audio and you know, sound equipment and everything so
2: yeah and the one thing I will say that's good about the church is that they were very um hymn heavy but they let us sort of have license with the hymns so um you could we couldn't really get to into the hill song or the baffle or the any I mean I don't know if you are recognizing any of these terms but The stuff that's on Christian radio now—they weren't really that into that, so we had to find creative ways to sing these old hymns from like (laughs) you know the 1700s and make them contemporary. And we had a great time doing that together.
0: Like if you go into a hobby lobby, what (laughs) you hear in the hobby lobby—that's Christian, like contemporary Christian worship. Yeah, Yeah, right. (laughs) It's like it's basically like it's like it's Coldplay with like you know jesus is my boyfriend kind of
1: lyrics yeah. you know what i mean sure yeah i mean I, I i you know remember uh that sort of worship singing in in church yeah. uh, uh that i got to, i had to play guitar myself a few times right like hey right. we need somebody uh fill in here uh, yeah you're you're just singing i don't remember the songs <laughs> though it's 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 been that long i'm curious if the songs were similar to the church like that like i don't
2: i'm sure they you know, were i don't
1: know yeah mm-hmm. i'm sure they were yeah i'm sure who knows yeah yeah, yeah for sure uh, please, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt.
2: Yes, yeah, so then we we met in the band, and we obviously we like flirted a bit. And um, oh my gosh, like where do well, we go from there? I wouldn't.
0: I wouldn't just say we flirted a bit. Like the fact. Yeah. The fact, <laughs> the fact yeah. is that because of the nature of our relationship, we ended up spending a lot of time together, and that yeah. wasn't intentional, right? I mean, it became intentional, but at first, it was sort of like you know, in order for Ashley to be able to prepare the music, we need to have the equipment ready. Her and I would kind of pre-plan all this stuff it actually forgot about this but the church building moved and so in that process of Mm -hmm. setting up a new building we basically you know um we we procured a whole bunch of equipment we spent a lot of time you know basically just setting up this new music program so i think through that experience of spending a lot of time together in a very functional capacity right sure actually working together we, we discovered that of course we were you know basically clones of one another so we, we were and we had
2: similar backgrounds like yeah. we were both married very young to other people um so we don't get too,
0: too
2: much into that but yeah i
0: mean we can we can yeah. talk about as much as you want to cover but i think that kind of you know sets the stage for like ashley and i became close to that process right it wasn't it wasn't uh you know like i i she caught my eye at like a, a bar or something it was just <laughs> like we spent a yeah. lot of time working on things together right and sure. we developed Not only a close friendship, but just a a partnership in a sense that that obviously ended up being much, much deeper than that. So
1: what was like, you know, when I'm reading through the article, it's like, you know, at what point do y'all realize, you know, we want something more but we can't have it? Like, how does that even work? Like, are you thinking maybe we can be together, we can find a way, or we can't be together, so just forget about it. Or at you're which, not even thinking that way at all yet. At I which know. point,
0: you realize we're in big trouble. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. I guess, right? Because yeah. you're, you're having
1: feelings you can't get rid of, right? I mean, essentially, right? Yeah. Yeah,
0: I mean, I'll let you take more of this, but I think it was the music component to this is unique in that music is art right and so when you have a connection with someone like i mentioned is functional and that you know we're setting things up we're working together maybe like a work colleague there's a certain utility to that but when you when you you know you find yourself in that circumstance within the context there's of an art, intimacy there's an intimacy yeah. that grows out of that sure. right sure. and something as simple as like playing together you know you can play and you, it sounds like you're, you're a guitar player. So that, you know, maybe you oh, understand. Oh know.
1: I'm not good. Uh, I'm well, not like, good at all. You, like, probably, yeah.
0: you probably understand the experience of playing with someone that you have kind of a natural, you're, you're lost. Sure. You're yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Like, this doesn't work. Right. So yeah. Ashley and I, uh, really found that there was a, you know, like a very intuitive connection between us mm-hmm. when we would perform, especially when I was playing drums and she was playing piano and singing and like, that experience of feeling connected to somebody through art, right, mm-hmm. was probably the point at which we realized this is going to be tough to to continue to to keep at a kind of platonic
2: level. Yeah, right. we, sure. I mean, we, um, but we were both very committed Christians. We didn't. We were like, well, there, we don't have an, op- we don't have a choice here. We don't have an option here. So, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. At the same time, I was also still singing in opera and doing other stuff to singer songwritery stuff. And uh, I was under immense pressure by the community, by our former pastor, by my mother specifically to have children. And I hadn't done that yet. I had waited seven years and, which is unusual in the, tr- in the church. And um, when I did get pregnant, I was got pregnant right away with twins with my ex-husband. And that was, I think just the real thing that just, put the brakes on any kind of feelings that we might have had, or even tried to discuss. We just, that was the thing. And we thought, okay, this is God is showing us. Well, that's how I felt. Anyway, God is saying to me, okay, it's time for you to just grow up, become a mother, a Christian wife and mother. You need to focus on this responsibility in your life. That's your job when you're a Christian woman in this well, I don't mean, you know, say extreme, but it's a very conservative arm of Calvinist Christianity. So I just swallowed that and said, okay, great. And, you know, I had my twins who I absolutely adore and we lost touch. Well, not lost touch, but we parted ways for quite a long time. Yeah.
0: And I think, you know, naturally um, we were in our so, mid twenties yeah. at that time. Right. So you're, you're growing, right. As, a, as an individual. Even know yeah. without all this chaos in the background so i think we both sort of accepted the fact that like our lives you know were diverging in a sense mm-hmm. right and um you know
2: and we wished each other well
1: basically. sure
0: yeah i mean and sure. you weren't just you weren't around as much because you were right. at home with twins right and and all the challenges that come with with that so i think um You know, yeah, that that period in the middle, which we we like to refer to as the dark ages.
2: The dark ages.
0: um, (laughs) That's when we were most committed to, like, this was essentially a mistake. To ever have felt that way was wrong. Yeah. And that was in line with what we believe to be true from a biblical perspective, right? A Christian perspective.
1: Sure. You you felt like you weren't allowed to have these feelings, like it was wrong, right? It was sinful, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So do you think your husband maybe did he know that there was something going on he was like maybe if she gets pregnant that'll put a kibosh to that and i i
2: i don't think so no he was not around a lot so um i don't think that he was really paying that close attention
1: Um, that's interesting yeah (laughs) i mean yeah
0: Yeah. we've Um, we've, we've been careful to to not be critical of our ex-spouses but naturally Yeah. There, like, and this is the thing we have to, you know, most most people, as I mentioned, you know, in your twenties you grow, and so having been yes. married extremely young, those mm-hmm. relationships had ran their course to some extent, and that it doesn't mean that there was necessarily anything wrong with the relationships, but the individuals, you know, mm-hmm. there, it, you know, there just wasn't. Um, I'm trying to be political and careful. Well, Patrick, this, are like, you
2: married?
1: Uh, Mm -hmm. I am married, but I've been married twice, so I I did get divorced, you know, once before. And I actually got divorced from my wife that I'm with. Like, we got divorced, and then we got back together.
0: Oh, wow. okay. But we didn't get
1: remarried again. You know, we just didn't care about that. And she's from another country, so we kind of did it for papers in a lot of ways. We kind of rushed into it for that reason, but we realized, you know, we we do want to be together. So Okay. You know.
2: beautiful. Yes. Imagine you married the person that you, like your high
1: school sweetheart yeah i mean my first marriage absolutely yeah. i can't i okay. can't imagine still being with her i'm such a different person a hundred percent i to- totally like uh, yes it just imagined the, my high school sweetheart, like married to her are you kidding
2: so for some people but
1: yeah. it's just sure I've changed so much. I've been like five people since since right. I was 18, Right. you know? Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, no, That that's definitely, fa- Um. I totally understand y'all's situation. I think anyone yeah. listening or watching this is going to relate to you yeah. guys, like, like a thousand percent. Almost you almost know?
0: need the term limits on marriages, right? It's like you <laughs> sign up for a 10 year deal and you re-up after 10 years if it's going well, right? I mean- It's a lease. <laughs> it's like a lease, right? You,
1: yeah it's a lease let me re-up look you only put so many mileage on it a year you did a little down payment at the beginning uh no i'm kidding yes uh absolutely um yeah absolutely i mean people do change now i think the older you get that change is less drastic you know what i mean as you change you know Mm -hmm. but definitely when you're i don't know anyone who's still the same as 18 and i'm 42 right coming into either the late 30s or early 40s um i can't imagine um yeah that same person so even i think that 35 i think i was a different person i literally 35 i was a different person that that was seven years ago so
0: yeah and and to be candid too right most of my peers, most of your peers um had long-term relationships in their Mm -hmm. early 20s they lived with these people perhaps you know in, in many cases and those relationships run their course and they move on they, they find the love of their life when they're in their mid to late 20s they get married and, and you know the rest is history right. it's like we should have been in that same boat but because of our christian conservative christian upbringing there was a lot of pressure to be married as you know as quickly as possible for you know a whole host of reasons most most critically the the celibacy thing right like you yeah. in the conservative christian community it's it, especially you know in the 90s with the purity, purity culture. culture and all this it was very important yeah. to not have sex before you were married right that was sure. that was yeah. the, the mantra of of you know the the entire evangelical movement at that time so i think you know that um certainly meant that unless you were i mean unless you were real disciplined i guess you weren't you weren't waiting around until you were 35 right right like let's be real right so most and to you know, like Ashley said, for some people it worked out, and that's that's incredible. That's if you happen to find the person absolutely that can go 100%. Direction, great, yep. but yep. for a lot of folks and a lot of people we know, especially you know, the, the Christians that we know, um, life you know happens and, and you grow up and you grow apart and, and people change. So, yeah, um, yeah, I mean, not an excuse by any any sense, but just a you know, when we when we talk about this with Christians, it's sort of like. You know we're talking about it as as we're people who are divorced but most of these people have had equivalently you know Mm -hmm. long serious committed relationships but they just weren't stamped with the the marriage correct
1: Correct. or a work relationship or this relationship or that relationship right like if we're really going to start to fight like what's the difference really between commitments we all change commitments right in life just 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 how it goes. Um, no, I, I mm-hmm. absolutely um, I agree. Are are y'all? You know, I should have asked this at the beginning. I'm curious. Are y'all still believers in God?
0: How much time do we have?
2: <laughs> I I am still. I mean, spiritual. It's like such a cheesy, like like cliche thing to say. I'm spiritual. Um, I I do believe in like a higher power. I believe in a collective consciousness. I, you know, I don't know exactly. I, I think it's beautiful that to not know, honestly, but to be open to it. I'm not against anything. I'm not, I don't condemn anyone for anything they believe. I think that's, it's all great, but I, it's the hell part, I think, that we really had to come to terms with and discard for ourselves. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, philosophically, I think it's, you know, it would be um, unwise to pretend that existence is not intentional to some extent. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard to put your finger on exactly why you're here, and it could be that most of that is explained through, you know, uh, theoretical physics or or cosmology or whatever, but at the end of that, you're still left with that why question, you know, and so I think to... To me, like Ashley said, the the freedom now on the other side of all this is acknowledging that that truth is unknowable. It's fundamentally unknowable, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't have, to, like, w- the word I would use is you don't have to worry about it. Like, we mm-hmm. worried about that constantly as Christians, worried about where we stand with respect to God, you know, whether yeah. the decisions I'm making today are in accordance with his will, and just this sure. pressure yeah. of, have worrying about the future based on, you know, that that idea that there was this, you know, omnipotent God who was in control of everything and he was watching you and, and you know, you in, in some sense, you had to stay on that straight and narrow, right? So I think, do I believe in God, not in the biblical, Christian biblical sense? Do I believe that there is certainly meaning and purpose to life that is, as i said fundamentally unknowable yeah. yes for sure and when we get there you know maybe it's after death maybe it's through some kind of other experience i i we looked we didn't watch much of your other content oh, but the ufo but one a, that you did right there's the ufo phenomenon there's the, the dmt stuff there's all these other things that point to like there's a curtain between the, yes. the physical the tangible and something else right so you know, it, it would be, again, I think, um foolish at this point, having come through all this, to, to, to pretend that we have any definitive answers. That was the whole problem with what we believe that it was always black and white, cut and dry, objectively, this is what, you know, the Bible says is true, and therefore, here's your roadmap for life. It's like, it doesn't work that way, you know, could be anything.
2: Okay, so. but Patrick, where are you at with all
1: I, you know, I've had a long journey with it, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. You know, quickly, I'll give you the quick. Uh, uh, so I was raised Catholic. My mom was Catholic. She's from Mexico. So we were raised very, very Catholic. Uh, but not like super, just like every once in a while, you got to go to mass and you got to show up and whatever.
2: Yeah, yeah. And
1: then when I was 18, I just, I joined a Baptist church. I met met some people that that sort of were talking to me about god and whatever and i was fascinated for like six months i remember just like having arguments well if god's real then what about then? you know just going back and forth and finally i don't know i i really think more i fell in love with just hanging out with cool people and yeah. doing fun things and i wasn't really a drinker i wasn't a partier and they leaned towards that life of not being that way so i was like this is cool i was straight edge as we called it when i was skating mm-hmm. back in the day yeah. right so i was like this is cool i'll do this and it was fascinating to have deep conversations about eternal things at such an age, at 18, right? Like these things that my other friends weren't talking about. Oh, what are we doing? What are we eating? What, you know. right. I'm having these deep conversations with sort of you know, guys in their mid-20s, and I just felt more sophisticated. And, you know, okay, this is great. So I accepted God, and I went through the church process for a couple years. And I was a real believer, like hardcore. I really believed but then it started to wane when I just got tired of never getting anything back. I was like, man, I'm looking all around. Everyone's like feeling all this energy. I don't feel nothing. I don't hear nothing. I pray. I talk nothing. Nobody ever said, but they say they hear something. He's either lying or what's going, I'm not working. So I was like, I'll never lie to myself just to get that feeling. So it just, I said, let me go on another exploration. And I actually became very anti theist. Christopher okay. Hitchens right I was very into that uh, and then I really backed off of that because I didn't like that either because I like the idea of just you know you do you if that helps your life you do you this is me yeah. I don't particularly know the answer but I'm open to mm-hmm. to to something but I don't know what it is I think all the gods that have been presented on earth so far are not the ones I'm not saying mm-hmm. there isn't one I just don't know what, what's going on No one can prove it to me yet And to be honest, even if they could prove it to me, doesn't mean I would accept it just because this God then becomes real doesn't mean, well, then I have to worship it. And what does that mean? Right? Like that, that's a part of the conversation that never gets talked about. Well, it's true. So therefore you, what it's true. Well, then don't I get a choice to decide if it's true, if I want it or not? The idea of hell, I didn't like either. Right. These things, I don't know. It just didn't seem logical. So that's where I'm at now. I just, Uh, very open to and I have a lot of friends who are believers my closest friends are believers but they're more spiritual like you say um uh, in that sense and we have great conversations just the most amazing conversations we disagree (laughs) on a lot and I love it yeah Uh, you know uh, that's where I'm at. Just, I, I just want us to all be able to have open conversations about it. I don't want anyone to be shot down for their beliefs. And oh, I think 100%. anti-theism. Right. I was getting into that. I was becoming very, oh, you're religious? Well, you must be stupid. And you must be a bad <laughs> person. And you must be the... And it's like, wait a second, Pat. What yeah, are you it doing? It, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I've been through a long journey with it. And honestly, it's probably not over. Right. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, right? I think... Wait, you know for us i think there was a natural inclination for ashley in particular uh to react after everything we've been through to be like you know christians are bad like period right and your point is like as you mature and as you grow you realize you know the 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 wisdom that comes with age is not judging
1: people no matter what correct exactly right well well said
0: is truly you know not the antithesis of but but it certainly goes against the, the kind of conservative mainline Christian worldview, mm-hmm. which is that we have the truth. We have the truth. And you don't have the truth, we have the truth. And if yeah. you're not on our side, then you're against us. I mean, that's in the Bible, frankly. So, but there's yeah, there's something to be said for that that constant debate that produces that kind of convergent truth. You don't need an absolute objective moral law to live by. You need the debate on either side that slowly brings you to the truth right over time so we yeah. now I you know I don't I don't hate Christians and I don't think oh, yeah. that you know Christians are stupid necessarily but for all the many reasons we believed it right especially if you're raised in the tradition it makes sense to you it's a co- it's a coherent worldview for you but you know as it sounds like you you know you came to sort of the same conclusion the the underlying philosophy of the worldview has some pretty glaring holes in it when you're able to step back and evaluate it independent of being in it right so yeah that's that's where we're at today and um like you i'm sure it'll continue to evolve
1: yeah exactly y'all will be on this journey which which is fascinating you know to be honest um how how did y'all feel about like you know, when I'm reading in the, in the story there, what, what really angered me most about y'all's journey was the fact of like the elders in your church, right? I hear this word elders and I, I swear my skin just creeps. I'm just like, and it like I just picture people in cloaks just coming to your door, like, what are you doing? You I must do the right the thing for the church. Yeah, I wish yeah. they were in cloaks. Yeah, that would be so much cooler. That would hurt.
2: <laughs> no, the thing that's embarrassing to me about these elders that showed up in my oh, house to like yes. read me so the riot act, it was like three of them were divorced themselves. So it was just that's... the hypocrisy of it was so it's maddening now, and I'm actually—I remember calling a couple of my non-Christian girlfriends when it was happening, and they were like, "Ashley, call the police! Why are you letting these people into your home to abuse you for four hours?" And
1: what were they saying? Like, what kind of stuff were they saying to you? I mean, I mean four sad. hours is a long time. Jeez.
2: Well, it was it? I mean, I mean, they—they they came in. They. Uh, I think you saw the letter that was printed in the article. Um, they read a version of that to me and just said, you know, you need to repent. And I was, I had a lot of, in in the Baptist Calvinist fundamentalist tradition, divorce isn't permitted under any circumstances unless there are allegations of abuse, and sometimes that's not even counted, and adultery. And so because there wasn't a technical reason me to be released from my ex-husband they weren't allowing me to be released which again is just such strange language so that's what it was
1: all about was just you getting a divorce that's all they cared about that was their big concern
2: they were like this is not allowed Um, and so therefore you cannot make this decision unless your ex-husband chooses to release you which he was not doing and they you know I, I committed these sins of having feelings for another man and
1: uh Man. and
2: here he is and, <laughs> um and just that i was breaking the church rules and the, sure. you know that i had sworn to um, uphold because i had signed uh, when i joined in membership i had signed something i mean i don't know if i had signed it but anyway i was a person Crazy. in the they had, they had like
1: a contract in front of you that you signed did, or yes or something? And, oh and they my were sort God. of saying
2: to me, these are the things that you've broken for the bible and look wow. honestly they're not they're not wrong. They were just saying the things that, that I they
1: believe. I had formerly I, yeah, also
2: believed. Sure. But I was like Good point. I can't lie. I can't live a lie anymore and I have to make a decision for myself. Yeah. And um Yeah, they that was sort of it. They why, sat there. Why didn't
1: your husband like why <laughs> would he want to not release it? You? you know what I mean? Like why would he wh- well, that's what <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, Release? First of all, just release sounds like what are you like a fox? You know, like what does he get to release you for? But like, just the idea of why would you want to be with someone that doesn't want to be with you like that? You know, like on his from his state of mind, I would have been like, man, if she's th- this person she, I care about and love is is wants to go on another journey. I I I love them so much. I this is what I want for them. That would take over real
2: enlightened. But i'll answer this
0: more directly honestly we can we can talk about this candidly which is that part of the part of the problem with this particular um situation and this particular community was and i'm just going to be blunt about it ashley's family namely her parents standing within the church okay so her parents were very prominent people in this community got it yeah so there wasn't just the, pr- the pressure of church elders coming to the home and the ex-husband and his, what he wanted or didn't want it. It was parents also in the church elders ear sure. saying, we need to fix this. Right. gotta yeah. give it like uh, like Trump and, and uh, like uh, Cohen or something. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it was like that dynamic. Like you've got the people who are actually yep. the powerful and then you've got their fixers who are going sure. out, you know, trying I to get see. people. So they
1: were pay. really there on your parents' behalf.
2: in in some ways in some ways oh i'd say 50 50.
1: yeah 50 50.
2: if it had had been another person in the church i don't think all four main elders would have dropped everything there immediately to solve this problem right
0: but whether they did or didn't the pressure that was applied was was two-pronged and answer your question about ashley's ex-husband there's a dynamic there which persists today which is has to do with the power the power dynamic of this family. And I mean, sure. again, we gotta be careful about exactly what we say because we of don't want to get in trouble. But that's that's the truth, right? And yeah, we and we've think-
2: been to we had been together since we were teenagers and he felt like they were also his family and right and i don't bring this sure.
0: up to sling mud i actually think that this is true in many of these faith mm-hmm. communities right if you've seen i don't know we we, we watched the righteous Gemstones, which is a, a show on hbo yeah right. So right? it's
1: right? like this
0: is part of the it's, it's just it's the nature so of it's it's in it's in our human nature to some extent as as anything grows, it starts to become corrupt, right? So you Absolutely. get these powerful, wealthy families who are donating to the church, right? As yeah. basically a tax shelter, let's be real. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then you've got the people who are in charge, who are sort of beholden to those wealthy family. And it creates this, this corruption that exists in, in these, in these, you know, Christian communities, just like it exists in business and in government and everywhere else. Yeah. Right. So I think we, we experience the, you know uh, the outpouring. Of that in our particular uh, situation, in a way that probably many other people that belong to these big, you know, American mega churches or whatever small little Baptist church you go to in rural Nowheresville, right? They 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 tend to have this dynamic where there's a group of people that support the church financially, and the you know spiritual leaders are in a way beholden to them, and that that kind of creates this. Toxic- yeah,
2: they came down extra hard on. Them.
1: Sure. Yeah. Because of the connection, right. Because of all of that, because of the, what they thought were the ripple effect. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, And my, and my
2: ex-husband was also an elder.
1: Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Wow. Gosh. Yeah. My goodness. I'm so sorry you had (laughs) to go through that. Really. I feel for you. I'm sorry you had to go through that. I I can't, I can't imagine. um, It
2: it, was scary. It was scary and and devastating at the time. But sure.
1: Was, Was it after that moment you were like, Fuck this. Pardon my language. No, you can say that. Fuck this,
2: yeah. I mean, we... I mean, yes, 100%, but also, it did take me some time. I had to work with a a very... Or at
1: least mentally in your head, like, you know what? I'm done with this. Oh, yeah.
2: Well, there was definitely a break before that. We didn't tell that, but yes, I... That moment when I was sort of watching all of these guys sitting there and... (laughs) To tell me that i can could could do this or this or or not this and this would be what, what would happen to me and threaten me and stuff um yeah definitely that night i think we were we decided okay you know we'd yeah. already decided but
1: that was okay. the last straw right it was just that like was yeah, the last, yeah, yeah, definitely yeah if there was last any time. doubts lingering that took care of that yeah uh, sort of essentially yeah that yeah. that's a, t- I mean so what kind of plan do you make to like exit this church. I mean, because the idea of yeah, like yeah. someone controlling your community, right? Y'all are Canadian, right? Uh, yeah. from, this is in Toronto, right? Yeah. So like being a Texan for most of my life, um, an American, I was born here, right? American, definitely right. born here. My brother's from uh, born in Mexico, but I, I was born here. Yeah. The, the idea of like someone control, especially in Texas, like controlling you like that is insane. Right. I know there are churches here that, that are like that, but, um, Right, this idea that this lot. community, these people. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of them here, actually, yeah. uh, to be honest with you. Um, and, yeah, this idea, right, that this these other people will control your life for you is insane well, to they'll me. Try. You know. yeah. Yeah, and they'll try, yeah. I mean, they'll that, yes. try.
2: That's the joke that I make now. It's like, well, thankfully, you know, the government of Ontario, Canada doesn't care whether or not the church is going to release me or not. And I got a lawyer, you know, immediately and started working with um with her and we started the process of getting separated because I didn't and, and that really made them very angry. And they sent me registered mail and they just said, okay, well now we're going to excommunicate you, which was very devastating to me because I had devoted sure. my entire life to the church.
1: Absolutely. I mean truly.
2: And um then apparently they they did that. I I didn't have to attend, thankfully. But there were some people there that texted me or called me afterwards and said that this took place today um and it broke my heart it really did but now i'm sort of wearing it as a badge of honor i guess i don't know yeah i mean you're,
0: <laughs>
1: did they did they do like a whole presentation at the church I, of like we're getting rid of this person
2: yes and no one is to have communication with her and
1: oh my goodness
2: yeah the whole thing. and of
0: course we weren't there so we yeah but this is this is you know first hand information from someone who yeah worked. yeah it's for sure at, you know Um, I guess I I want to say one quick thing on that too, though, right? Which is like part of the severity of the experience that especially Ashley, I mean, I I had my own issues, but they were different. But you know, the the experience that Ashley went through is predicated on the psychology of growing up in this tradition, right? Right. Because as much as we're sort of like, why don't you just say like, fuck off? Like, I'm, I'm an an adult woman, I can make my own choices. It's like, well, under not that easy. is the sense that what if these guys are right? And what if I am off God's path and I'm going to hell for this? And if that feeling were seated in you when you were 25 or 30 or whatever, you know, you could kind of, you can weigh that against your lived experience. But when it's, it's, you know, it's presented to you at the age of four, Mm -hmm. right? Or five or eight or even 12, you know, it's like, it's really hard to deprogram that sense of like, this is real, right? You know, so that's where, you know, I often, I, you know, when we talk about this to other people, I say like the Christian worldview is a great back-loaded proposition, mm-hmm. right? So Kanye West, the Christian now, well, good for him. You know, he's he spent right. his whole life doing whatever the hell he wants <laughs> and now he gets to get out of jail free car. Right. but yeah. it, it's a terrible front-loaded proposition. And you see that with the our, our millennials, right? So that millennial generation kind of starting to reject it. Now it's like, we all grew up in this from the time we were little kids. And we live with the baggage of, of believing something a lot more um, palpably, right? This this hell concept and God is everywhere at all times and Satan is everywhere at all. Like we all believe this stuff as fervently as you believe that Santa Claus exists when you're that age, but no one ever says it's not true. They just keep reinforcing it. Yeah, so now absolutely. as an adult to get to, to to sort of deprogram yourself from that worldview is a lot more difficult than simply saying, "Hey, these people are mistreating me, and I, you know, I have you know personal autonomy here, so I'm going to do what I want." Right? It's not that simple.
2: No, I, and I had to go through a lot of I did, did do a lot of work, and I will give it do a minor shout out to um, Dr. Marlene Winell, and she was my therapist for many months, and she is like the best deconstruction of of mostly fundamentalist religions in the country in my opinion and she and i worked for many hours just trying to unravel all of those insidious lies and things that you're told um, to control you especially as a like a woman but just in general um all that stuff that's just that very heavy fundamentalist bible based stuff that's just it's sad and dark and you it still kind of scares you at some point but yeah she we did a lot of work together she's
1: the best no you know i bet she. you know what you give me an idea we might try to have somebody like that on the podcast or her i mean that that would be a fascinating conversation to be honest with you um right that that would be fascinating but i was going to ask you like have y'all had any sort of um you know any you know repercussions from the church like i don't know any like, you know, Scientology, right? Like they still go after people mm-hmm. after, like, I don't know, is there anything crazy like that happening it's from true. them or?
0: Well, you know, once Ashley was excommunicated, that was kind of the the end of, you know, their formal yeah. approach to try to, to change the outcome of this situation. I would say that, you know, a lot of the spillover um, in terms of the relationships that sh- we both used to have, I should, yeah, I mean, I've, I've lost plenty of friends over this too, mm-hmm. um, who were Christians and who see this as and look i don't even fault these people for feeling this sure way, it's, it's what they
1: believe you know and it's like we,
0: we we used to be they feel sure. they have been lied to yeah. right in the sure. sense that we were big christians and now we're not so yeah they have every right to feel offended by that fact mm-hmm. but the problem is is that i have friends like that too mm-hmm. right yeah yeah Right. So, but now, you know, we're just telling the truth. So what do you want us to do? Continue to lie? I mean, this is how we feel, right?
1: Yep. Absolutely. If you want me to accept your truth, you got to accept mine. Right. Right. If you want me to accept you're still a Christian, well, I am not anymore. Why is that not okay? But you get to be a Christian. That's my argument to my friends who don't (laughs) want to talk to me anymore, who are believers. You know, from that time period of my life, because I'm still friends with a lot of those people. You know, yeah. um, mm-hmm. one is my very close friend from that time period. You know, um, mm-hmm. he doesn't go to the church, but, you know, he's still willing to be my friend. He yeah. doesn't yeah. care. Right. Like if I believe in God or not, that's not what's important to him. It's just if, you know, we're friends, I treat him well. He treats me well. We're friends. We've known each other for so right. long. It's right. like, it's crazy. Um, I always say I don't I don't pick my friends based on who they vote for. But I recently I started adding or what God they believe in. right it's not i don't care it doesn't so i hope you know people around me are the same way but obviously you can't control that right and at the same time like you said colin you, you make a good point like at the same time you almost can't fault someone who has a certain belief is like i can't really be friends with you because of x well you're like damn i get through your lens, that makes sense. Through mine, it doesn't, but through your lens, I understand why you feel that way. It's this weird, you know, it's this weird thing of like you want to sort of understand them, but it's frustrating at the same time. Um, you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, no, so, I, yes.
0: and that comes back to what we were talking about. It's just, you know, as you as you get older, nothing is that serious, you know. It's just yeah. like that's my, other, my new mantra I live by: like nothing is that serious, guys, you know. Yeah. And so that's how I feel about the situation, and I don't have contempt towards anybody who's who's still caught up in it. I see it from their perspective, but yeah. they take it real serious, you know. Yeah, sure. And there's nothing you can you can do about that except to continue to be gracious, and that's what they should be doing. And actually, we should we should make you know. A point of saying that's not every Christian. There are plenty yeah. of people who have been understanding and willing to listen. It's always the first step. Absolutely. Like, if you just look at it on the face of it, you're gonna you're gonna form an opinion which is probably not going to be correct. But as you listen, you start to understand, okay, there's some there's some nuance here about mm-hmm. this particular situation. And you know I should I should say too right my parents are absolute fervent you know believers and they have been our effectively our biggest supporters in that they were willing to extend awesome. grace. and to me like they're you know in their worldview they still believe that divorce is wrong they believe you know in the sanctity of marriage all these things but they put grace you know the grace of god and, and you know Christ's death on the cross and all the things that if you're a christian are supposed to be central to your faith ahead of all that stuff and so they're able to say look it doesn't matter how we got here we're here we still love you and you know, they've effectively you know stepped up as Ashley's surrogate parents now. And I think that's that's beautiful. And and they would attribute that to their their understanding of, of the person of Christ. They wouldn't they wouldn't say they're compromising, they would say that's what Christ actually calls us to do, which is to be forgiving and gracious and and all those things. So there have been plenty of people that have have still done the right thing in spite of their you know their Christian. World yeah year, and so. your sister yeah my sister yeah. And, and brother-in-law and, and many others
2: so yeah.
1: so some uh, friends from the church did still stay in a contact a couple of friends actually yeah. left the church when because they of were it
2: there for, mm-hmm, when they were there yeah. for the excommunication they them. were like okay they didn't like stand up with a sign sure. but they left and didn't come back and reached out yeah. to us and said hey you know we were there for this and it wasn't many of it wasn't many people but it was a handful and I, that's enough for me just to yeah. be able to have somebody that wants to, like you said, listen and understand what happened. Yeah.
1: Oh, well, I'm sorry, actually. I didn't, you know, that you've, your parents, like that's the, you know, your family like that doesn't want to speak to you because of this is insane to me. I'm so, so sorry to hear that. Honestly, that makes me so sad. Um, they're, they're the ones missing out. To be honest, they're they're the ones, saying, right? Like it's yeah, so crazy. you
2: know, we have a child together now too, and they don't know her, and that's
1: just that, maybe that.
2: The, the 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 most sad of all. But because um, we're grownups, we can handle it, and we understand things happen in life. But you know, she's just a little innocent baby, and
1: absolutely, of but course, she does It's understand.
2: just when you when you have that worldview, they're not gonna change. And so I just have to move
1: do you on. think that's possible they change with time maybe do y'all try to reach out? I don't know how that works or I'm not trying to dig in too much, but I just I, you know no, I care I mean, for y'all like been... I care for y'all in a way like I, I just want to oh, see this work you. out um you know yeah, there like have
2: been, there have been attempts on both yeah. sides through the years very lightly but at the end of the day when I've sort of said, do you still feel this way about my they it's like we've said it's like being gay in the church they don't sure. accept my lifestyle and so being remarried is not acceptable to them and it, especially being remarried to them so sure. they Yo, you know it's like a double they, whammy they, to them yeah. yeah they would speak to just me but sure. they won't have a relationship with him or with um our daughter so it's like that's a non-starter
1: absolutely what does that mean yeah okay. that's like you need to take us all or not i mean what does that mean yeah exactly. absolutely I mean, it's they're ridiculous. trying to control you again Right. That's the same, same same thing.
2: You get it. There's several layers of psychology at play there too.
0: But I would say part of the problem with a lot of this stuff is it's when you double down and triple down and quadruple down, you're stuck, right? You, You know, you can't, you either have to do a bunch of damage control and really change your position altogether and acknowledge that you were wrong. Or you're just gonna keep digging yourself deeper. So uh, you know, without getting into any of the specifics, that's kind of where we're at with a lot of these folks. Sure. Just like they, they we at every juncture where there was an opportunity to make amends and make you know uh, restitution for all of this, they they doubled down again, right? So yeah, I'll
2: get a happy birthday message after not hearing from them for two years. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, you know, okay, it's random, yeah. You. What like what right. does that mean?
1: Yeah, but if, absolutely. So that they
2: can then say to their Christian friends, "We tried."
1: We yeah, we reached out. Them. We we sent a, a yeah. message from everybody, right? Like right. somehow everyone's connecting to like they sent the message. to No, absolutely. Um, yeah. Look, at some point y'all have to just to say decide right to hey, we got to get on with our lives, make new friends, right?
2: right. Yeah, and, and then think, uh, you know, which y'all are you, doing. Yeah, hallmarks of real relationships are humility and being able to be vulnerable and we just haven't experienced that from that side. So,
1: um, we're again,
2: if anybody we're open to, you know, reconciling with anybody that wants to actually meet us where we're at, but that's not what we've experienced from that side. So,
1: yeah. Have y'all met any other people that have sort of gone through this, um, or online or something? I don't know any response or anything. So
2: many people, a lot of Mormons. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. I could see that sure mm-hmm. and oh. uh
2: yeah i mean a lot of people at our shows come up to us a lot you know and have, and have shared their experiences and for oh, sure wow. I mean, we get a lot of messages just that that's
1: awesome that's great wow experience,
2: but yeah which is that's great
1: great that yeah, is great um yeah, absolutely You're touching people um through another way right your life you've somehow turned that into something positive i mean i could talk
2: some. about deconstruction all day long i love i love it and i i think especially just the the version of evangelicalism that we're similar ages that we all grew up with was very um, maybe phony is not the right word but it was kind of like like we had the, the dc talk and we had all the like try, the christian bands that were trying <laughs> to talk, of I fit in them with the cool bands yeah. and the yeah. the true left weights movement and the don't kiss until you're married like it was just this really but in the in the end of so many people that are our are, are age that we grew up with in church have left the be. faith because it wasn't genuine it was just like you said you wanted to hang out it was cool to go to youth group in the 90s and early 2000s yeah. and so i don't know if it is now but um
0: Yes. Yeah, I mean one could write the whole history of of you know the the I would the say post- the the American <laughs> megachurch yeah. or contemporary Christianity yeah. or whatever. But I think there's 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 something there about you know Reagan conservatism through the eighties. Right. And then the kind of rejection to that in the nineties with the sort of like, I don't know, rage against the machine type attitude towards the man and all that. But then in parallel to that, you have um our sort of, you know, I had sort of preppy parents who wanted their children to have that more, you know, leave it to beaver American nuclear family experience. And that hooked into, you know, Reagan conservatism. And so you get all that stuff from the nineties being repackaged in a kind of Christian format. Like someone could write this whole story. Right. Right. Um, But I think that's where coming back to what we said earlier, you know, that's all starting to kind of like fall apart. It's a a bubble in a sense. I've said that too, right. You have these huge mega churches with 1000000 dollar budgets. Right. And it's like, yeah, is that even a is that what you know the, the you know the message of Jesus was was really about? Like creating this sort of you know pseudo-capitalistic version of Christianity where making
2: it pa- palatable, right? Price. It's sure. like that doesn't even
0: actually yeah. make sense, you know, theologically if you're if you're a Christian. And then second Correct. to that, if we talk about again, you get this corruption thing that happens. These churches just you've got people on the staff who are actually you know they're 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 basically um, people who've gone to seminary or to other sort of like Bible colleges, and then they get jobs as worship pastors, making like hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's like none of that really makes any sense when you when you boil it down. And as soon as people figure that out and they start leaving these churches, the whole thing collapses. And now you've got people who have no life skills, you know, <laughs> because they spent their whole life, you know, participating in this whole bubble um this this evangelical bubble well we even
2: watched the jerry Falwell documentary last night have you watched that yet
1: i haven't seen that okay Uh, oh my god i gotta see this jerry Falwell jr but you know
2: these pastors are all falling from grace and even recently here oh wait is that
1: about the pool boy yeah yeah, Yeah, i haven't seen it but i saw the trailer like i read an interview too yes i want to see that that looks i remember when that story came out like yeah that's nuts uh, for sure. So,
2: I mean, all of this stuff is happening uh, all the time. Mark Tris. I mean, we could just, the list is so long, but. Um, Texas you know.
1: on its own. Like you said, we could just stay in Texas. Like it's, it's, exactly. a, it's amazing. Um, I lived in Austin for seven years. It's it, what happens outside of Austin is, is insane. It's one of the craziest little ch- churches that's around there. It's a little cult um, that they call yeah. it. And, and, you know, again, you know, at, 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 point, at anything whatever belief I, I don't know it's like at some point we have to protect each other in society but at the same time we got to give each other enough freedom to be who we are right at what point do we step in for other people yeah. you know nah. what I'm saying it's like I, that's where the line starts to okay. blur um, because you go to some of the people hey man I want you out of here what are you doing you're throwing your life what I love it here I'm not leaving are they are you brainwashed right you ask yourself that right if someone were to ask you 10 you know five years before sure. what, what happened yeah. to y'all you'd be like no i'm not leaving that would never happen to me i'm staying here this is what i do it's you know i don't know it's right it's it's crazy and the elders that
0: showed up at ashley's house thought they were doing that in reverse right correct they don't, they don't think they're doing something bad they, think they were probably
1: on their way right? you know listening to hardcore christian music right going you know yeah we're gonna we're doing this this is what we're you know this is the right thing and their wives tapping them on the back like yep you're you're doing the right thing oh my god you're stepping you're brave courageous for going over there not just doing the right thing but like really doing the right thing yes absolutely it's it is about perspective sometimes um Mm -hmm. which is hard to you know put into perspective in a, in a, you know, in a weird way. Um, and that, that can be hard to accept sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, to be honest. Um, I don't know. does it make it right. Does it make it wrong? What is right and wrong? I could talk about this, uh, all, all day, uh, yeah. uh, you know? Yeah. yeah. Right. It's, it's, it becomes this thing. I, I remember a big part of why I was okay, not being a believer in God was like, I, when I realized I can be a good person without it, because I was told for a few years there, like, that's the only way you're going to be a good person, Patrick. Is if you believe in God, if you take Jesus Christ to your heart, you, you, then you'll, you'll be a good person without it. You're going to be out here just murdering people, just, just crazy stuff. And then when I realize, wait, I'm not doing, I don't have any of those desires without it. Uh, I'll be, I'll be fine. Uh, I'll be fine. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. A a beautiful show that we, we love and we cry that watching is afterlife. It's Ricky Gervais's show about (sighs)
1: such a good show. right? Right.
0: And it's like, so, you yes. know, I mean, if you know Ricky Gervais, you know, he's an atheist. And one, of the, one yeah. of the most common questions you get is like, you know, well, why aren't you out killing people if you're an atheist, right? You don't believe yeah. in anything, just, you know, rape and pillage, like the Vikings, yeah. right? And it's like the the, the the story arc of the show has to do with that sort of nihilistic worldview that you, you have when you, you've lost everything and you have nothing to believe in. But then you find in spite of that, that really just being good, whatever that means, is Correct. the thing that kind of propels you forward, you know? And
2: in connection with other people. Yeah, I mean, there's so many layers
0: yeah. to it. I shouldn't even try to summarize it because yeah. it's, it's such a beautiful show. But that's, that's again, where, like, yeah, I feel like we've kind of landed in the same place, you know, where you come through all this stuff and you're told, like, there is an objective moral law. It's God's law. That's how you measure where you are um, in terms of being a, a good person, right? And it's like, no, you don't need to do that. You just need to... You just need to reach inside yourself to find that common connection with people and Mm -hmm. it it manifests itself in in goodness like it just does. And, you know, lots of psychologists, I'm sure, would have all kinds of more academic explanations for that. But in terms of our lived experience, yeah, like the people that we know that are Christians, I mean, I should not throwing the baby out of bathwater, but many of those people are the worst people they're so cruel and they're so judgmental. unforgiving and there's, yeah. you know, it's like everything is, is you know, an opportunity to, to criticize someone and it's people who tend to be more, you know, on the atheistic end of the spectrum or just open that mm-hmm. are really interested in serving others and mm-hmm. taking time out of their life to, to help people like that kind of thing. Right. So anyway, yeah, it's, it's, uh it's, it's something that, you know, we continue to, the experience and and you know to your point we we kind of we don't have that sense of like right and wrong anymore and yet it's in a weird way made us better people you know
1: yeah absolutely yeah I mean it's real simple right the golden rule that's all you need to know that's why yeah. I tell everyone that's why I tell you. what do you mean uh, you know to to add on real quick to Ricky Gervais we'll we'll, we'll tighten up here uh, we'll we'll wrap up here but I I do want to say that. um he he would always say ricky gervais to that point he would say wait a second wait the only reason you're not out killing people is because of that so like i gotta worry about you like wait a second that's the only thing holding you back yeah you wish you could do it but there's you know. yeah wait a second that's the real problem we gotta focus on here uh yeah you wish you could do it but god says don't so you're not wait a second um yeah that's like what a libertarian uh tells me well i just want you know no sheriff no police you know just let it wait a second what do you want to do that you can't do right now because you can pretty much do whatever you want i mean within reason what are you trying to do in life that you need no laws i don't like the idea of that I, I, that scares me uh that you want this uh, you know i don't know anyway uh, so look um real quick let's finish up with the band um real quick here with the music so where can people check out um, your music, you know, your website, that sort of thing, you know, all those sort of social connections.
0: Yeah, the easiest way to find us is just to go to weartulip.com and you can get to everything from there. So we're, we'll definitely we're, put
1: the link in the description and all that for sure.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. And we're We Are Tulip on Instagram, and we're We Are Tulip on Twitter. And so you can, if you remember that, you'll find us. But uh, the website has
1: all the links to everything. In awesome. Right on. What are you guys most excited for? coming up music wise just more writing the touring playing i don't know yeah, what, I, what's, what's i like
2: performing live that's my favorite thing but um i think our i mean just in the next two weeks our new single, new single? you're gonna love yeah. it Hell yeah it's that's awesome! really amazing and our friend michael levine he did an incredible video for it and uh yeah i'm really i, I think it's gonna be
0: yeah. No, that's awesome. Get all yeah. that music out, you know, um, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll gain some, some more traction there and, and see where we end up in 2023. Yeah.
1: Keep putting out great videos too. Y'all have great videos. Y'all do a good job with that. That's, that's awesome. Um, uh, that's hard to do too, because I see a lot of videos for a lot of bands. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, it's hard to we? write. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I bet. I bet for sure. We uh, gonna yeah. do
2: those. Yeah
1: yeah no for sure y'all y'all do a great job with that the light it, yeah it just looks super great like yeah it looks great uh, super excited um for y'all with everything coming up hopefully 2023 is everything happens with this tour fingers crossed mm-hmm. uh, you know maybe when that's uh, over you guys come back on we'll talk more I'm happy to uh have y'all all again and you know keep come out and visit have... us in
2: Arais anytime.
1: Let that's it let's do it i'm i'm down argyle um what, what's out there what's some good barbecue out there i know there's a barbecue spot right isn't there a good barbecue spot out there
2: 407
1: 407, yeah. 407. that's it yeah. 407 okay 407 yeah. 407 407. Is... yeah yeah no you're right um we, we've been trying to visit a lot of the top 50 barbecue spots i've been going to interview them and like film with them behind the scenes and stuff because i'm a chef i i owned a food truck yeah yeah i from the food world so i'm all about that stuff uh going uh you know to to hang out but i never did barbecue barbecue is like a whole nother
2: i've heard that yeah
1: yeah it's another thing just think of it as another instrument but like a crazy instrument you can't ever could possibly play without actually sitting down to learn it you know um, some weird thing yeah being a pit master is and even pit masters they will not call themselves chefs like that's another right. thing um, right. so yeah for sure 407 okay awesome uh, well let me yeah. know I'll um yeah. I-, I tell you what um wh- I have y'all's email address so I'll send an email and and yeah. maybe we'll maybe we'll get some barbecue I'm totally down I'm, it's on That'd me great. I will throw down for some barbecue uh for sure um okay guys well look uh, I know you guys have a lot on your plate a lot going on um so my you know best of luck to y'all with everything and um yeah i don't know any anything i didn't cover anything you want to quickly throw out i I think we covered a lot to be honest we did cover a lot when
0: we come back we should talk about texas because that's a big part of the story too and we love it here and uh we're proud to be texting you're right we need to get to
1: texas y'all just have so much to talk about (laughs) next time I'm all about talking about Texas. Uh, I love that. Absolutely, of course. Well, well, real quick before we on our way out, what's your favorite thing about Texas? <laughs> is that too much? Well, that's hard to. Dis- it's hard to distill what it is that
0: makes Texas Texas. But I'll tell you, man, when I come, when I land at DFW and I exit that, you know, uh, that that gate at the north end of the airport, and I see that huge American flag against the orange and cobalt sky, I get choked up every you time. He
2: cries. And i don't know it what it well. is it's
0: really hooked into our whole experience of exodusing the church and and all the of that warm, but,
2: the but weather, there's something about the, the skies
0: the feeling here people and that's the like, people I yeah think, that's you know, seen, to a
1: favorite. canadian
0: I'll, I'll just give you one little quick paragraph to a canadian texas is a, a caricature of um like a right-wing republican like racist person or something. Right. And sure. it's like, it's nothing like nothing. that here. Oh yeah. Even absolutely. the people who are on the political right are nothing like that here. Yeah. Everybody is Texas Texan first. Right. And that's a really special experience. It creates this sort of like grassroots community feeling that we you just don't experience anywhere else. And people are friendly, they're warm, they're mm-hmm. polite, and it's just a great place to live. There's so much opportunity. There's so much space. Quality and of life, living, yeah. That's, I I mean it, it goes on and on. So we like to we we were used to be evangelical Christians. Now we're evangelical Texans. We <laughs> tell everybody how great <laughs> it's here, and all of our Canadian friends are trying to find ways to get down here. Everybody who yeah, visits are. I us, that. like every funny they're
1: like, we have to. Wow, know. the it's big like, Canadian exodus uh, to Texas. I love this. Here's
0: my here's my other one-liner. Is it's like California in the '90s. Everybody moved to California for opportunity, for weather, for, you know, that's where the art scene was, sure. Hollywood, the whole thing. Yeah. It's like Texas is just becoming that. And I'm sure, yeah. like, Californians would say that's ridiculous. Of course, it's not like that. But it is. It's like yeah, everybody far off. Yeah, everybody wants to be here. And that's where things are happening. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. in Austin, now more so in DFW, yes. you've got the Gulf Coast, like NASA, SpaceX. Like, yeah, it's great. So, Absolutely. yeah, we're real real happy to be here.
2: And I love ZZ Top.
0: <laughs> is easy oh, top.
1: Yeah, absolutely yeah. my friend eric uh shout out to eric jarvis he, he used to play with them uh yes loves easy top i actually recorded one time in their studio uh, sugarland in houston um i went to this little storage room where i got to see all their old guitars and stuff like i wasn't even supposed to see it you know the guy's like okay i'm gonna let y'all in here right. amazing yes big loves easy top shout out to those guys yeah. Um, listen, y'all are amazing. Thank y'all again so much. Um, can't wait to do this again. And yeah, this was this was just amazing. Thank y'all so much for taking the time. So I know y'all have a busy schedule. So thank y'all very much.
2: Hey, Zelda was quiet. Did
1: you it work? <laughs> You've
0: been listening to the Lone Star Plate Podcast with your host Patrick Scott Armstrong. For more info, go to lonestarplate.show.